We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now let's kind of just quickly work through position by position, sure. Ryan, and, and talk about next is where are they right now with the current roster? Is the current roster good enough? So I think we established the position coaches, good enough. Tommy Reese, to be determined. Potential's there, got to prove it consistently. So, so the answer is, no, it's not there. It's not good enough yet. That's the answer, correct? Which we should say, right now, what Tommy Reese has done in three years is not good enough because it hasn't been consistent enough. But the potential is there. So we'll see how if the potential can become consistent production this year. So now let's go position by position. We're going to go quarterback, off or offensive line, running back, tight end, and receiver is the direction we're going to go. And I think this is a, a smooth segue. And this is kind of what we were just referring to, Ryan. When you look at the depth chart of the quarterback position, it's as good as it's been since the mid-20-teens. When you look at that stretch from like 13 – to 15, 16, 17, when you you had Everett Golson and Malik Zaire in 13 with Tommy Reese, 14, Tommy's gone, Ev's back. You've got you've got Deshaun Kaiser, you've got Malik Zaire, 15, Ev leaves, you've got Malik Zaire, he goes down, and what do you replace him with? An incredibly talented kid in Deshaun Kaiser. You have those two guys the next year. You have Brandon Wimbush those two years. And then after that, it kind of started going down a little bit. Right. And you're now talking about because of the you know, Buckner finally starting to show, OK, that's the Tyler Buckner that I remember. Now let's just clean up some of the stuff with the turnovers. But, man, that's the playmaker that I remember in high school. That's the dude that had us all so fired up before this season. You see Ken, getting Kenny Minchie. Love Kenny Minchie. SI 99 just released their final SI 99 and Kenny Minchie was ranked. And I, by the way, I had nothing to do with the SI 99 this time. I was just, just too busy. I couldn't help him out. Kenny Minchie's ranked 84th in their top 100. They had nine Notre Dame players in their top 100, or their top 99. Only two teams had more, Bama and Georgia at 11 and 10. Notre Dame had nine uh, in the SI 99, including Kenny Minchie at 84. He's a big-time player. Steve Angeli is the overlooked guy because he's just not an elite player, but Steve Angeli is a quality talent. Like, if there, if there comes a day where Steve Angeli has to be your starting quarterback, you're like, okay, what do we have? Kid with a, a good body, decent physical tools, right? You know, but he's a smart kid who's as cool as you're gonna get, man. I mean, just from every little bit we've seen, just you know, kind of runs out there. Okay, it's my turn. Let me go. Let me go make some plays, right? Doesn't have the that's God-given a, ability of other guys, right? But he—that's important for a guy that's gonna be coming yes. off the bench at some point in time. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the thing that popped most when I saw Angeli in person, Brian, was even when he was going against, you know, a little bit of the first team guys, he looked comfortable, man. Like he just wasn't like even working out a structure. He just wasn't flappable. He was just a really cool customer, which at a six, two plus quarterback who has decent tools and is a cool customer. I think that that's something to build on. Right. And I mean, there's a possibility that Steve Angeli never plays significant snaps at Notre Dame or he might. And the fact that he's in the room and he might just be a depth piece for his, for his career, like that's you feel good pretty, about where the quarterback room is at that point in time, uh, right? You feel great about it because I mean, we talked about Hartman, right? You, you can't dispute the fact that you're adding 122 touchdowns to the room, right? Like that's substantial. You also are going to be battling with a kid with Tyler Buckner, who was, in my opinion, borderline five star player if he did not miss his senior year. I think mm-hmm. he would have been in that conversation. You know, top fifty he was for player. me. He yeah. was a he was a five star for me prior to him missing his senior year, which was his second exactly. missed year in three years. That's why it mattered. Sure. And there's there's obviously context, but the the fat, fat matter of the fact is whether Sam Hartman or Tyler Buckner are the starter, ha- whoever is the backup quarterback at that point is one of the best darn backup quarterbacks in college football. Correct. Like that is impressive. And you might still be in the the you might still be in the bucket, Brian, where as long as both guys are a part of the room, it like let's say Sam Hartman's the guy, you can also then utilize Tyler Buckner's skill sets similarly maybe to what you did as a freshman a little bit to get that dynamic on the field at times, right? So there's a lot of upside to that group. Kenny Minchie doesn't have to be forced into action early, but he is good enough to maybe do it if he need if he was needed to do. So you have those three guys on top of Steve Angeli. I mean, that's a nice four-man group. And again, you are at the point at the end of the season where after Drew Pine decided to enter the transfer portal, you have Tyler Buckner, you have Steve Angeli. That's all you have, right? And you were we were talking literally going into that week of who the emergency quarterback is going to be. Who's that guy? Mitchell Evans, I you guess. You don't have Avery Davis anymore. Exactly. You, know? you don't you don't have an emergency quarterback. Next season, as long as everybody's healthy, you're going to have four viable options at quarterback who can play football on this level. They're all going to be in different roles, but you have created a lot of depth and a lot of really good depth in the quarterback room. To me, Ryan, here's the way. Here's here's a key. They have got to do whatever they can over these next eight months to convince Tyler Buckner to stay. Right. Have to convince him to stay. And here's what you sell them. Look, man, you lost a lot of development time with the injuries. It is what it is. You showed your big-time potential in that bowl game. If you don't get hurt, we're not here right now. But we feel we've got a chance to make a run next year. You're going to get a chance to compete, but we also didn't bring Sam in to be your backup, right? So you're going to get a chance to compete. If you beat him out, you'll play. But if not, this kid can be a great mentor for you even if he doesn't for, for, you know, verbally do it by just watching him, how he progresses, how he does those type of type of things. And you're still our guy for two years, excuse me, after that, because the only positive to come out of Tyler's injury this year is that he only played three games, which means he gets his red shirt back that he, that he, that he, not, not blue. Cause I mean, I'm, I was totally fine with him playing him in 2021, but that he lost, I guess that's a better one in 2021. He gets that back. He still has three years of eligibility left, so he can be a two-year starter. And so if you can convince Tyler to stay and you keep C.J. Card, C.J. Carr in the 24 class, which we have every expectation that they will. I'm not saying that if there's anything to worry about. I know as soon as you say something like that, people are like, wait a minute, 
Are you worried about CJ Carr? I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying as long as you do, you're now done with portal quarterbacks for the time being. Now, there may be a time where a guy goes pro early and another kid transfers and you just get into that pickle where you need one. But right now, if they can convince all these kids to stay, they're done with the portal stuff. You know, now it, 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 even if you lose Steve Angeli, let's say they say, hey, Steve, you're going to get a chance to start battle for the starting job in 24. He goes out in the spring. Tyler beats him out. And he says, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go to Rutgers where I can start. Or start. OK, cool. I get that. But you're still good because you'll have Tyler. You'll have Kenny Minchie as a sophomore and then you'll have CJ Carr. So you're still good. And so that's why it was important to get Kenny Minchie. That's why it's important to keep Tyler Buckner, in my opinion. Because I think you'd have to consider going to the portal again next year if Tyler leaves. I don't think you can just assume that Kenny's going to be ready or that Steve is that guy to compete for a championship. I, I and, and I'm definitely am not saying, oh, well, it's okay. Throw CJ Carr as a true freshman in there. You know what I mean? Uh, like maybe that guy is, but I, you're going to have to at least pursue some portal options next year if Tyler leaves. Because you want and competition. Don't want you don't want to just yeah. hand it to someone. You want them right. to be the best player right. there, right? Yeah. Right. So that's kind of where I look at it, Ryan, is is I think that the talent is finally there. Now it's about developing that talent. That's the big question mark that we that we have. Now, I actually think Tommy Reese has done a better job of development than he's given credit for. I think that they got the most that they could get out of, out of being book. I, 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 I do. I think he is who he is. I thought watching Jack Cohn evolve over the course of last year from going from an under center play action drop back pro style quarterback to an uh, to a shotgun oriented quarterback was impressive to me. Technically, the way that the you know transition or you know went through his transit his pro his process his um, kind of going through progressions. That's what I'm trying to say. I thought that was all. I mean, showed coaching, showed good coaching. This year, it's hard to say because Tyler got hurt. But then you see what Tyler's capable of in the bowl game. You know, with Drew, I don't think Drew's issues were mechanical. I never watched a plan. It's like, boy, his feet got him in in a bad spot. The only issue that I had was, and I know for a fact, this is something the coaching staff was on him about all the time, was he would get to the back of his drop and he would then just start climbing into the pocket for no reason. And that was something, and I think that came from a lack of confidence. He did not, I mean, and how do I, I think Drew thinks he was a confident kid and maybe he is confident in a lot of ways, but subconsciously, I don't know if he was confident in himself, which is why he wouldn't make throws that were there, that were tougher. It's why he just locked in on Michael Mayer so often. It's why I think he would always climb to the pocket because that's that's the mark of a guy that's not confident. He can get the ball where he needs to get to. So I got to get his, you know, I got to climb up. And so I think, I think, and when Drew was on, he was better about that. And so I know it was being coached, but it just wasn't being received enough in those areas. So I think the development has been better than people give it credit for. Is it good enough? That That's another part of that whole, this is a big year for Tommy Reese. You know, how quickly can you get Sam Hartman comfortable with the mechanics of this offense, comfortable with the, the ins and outs and the nuances of this offense? That's a big key. Because he is making a big change, you know, from that standpoint, that's going to be important. Then, can you, if if you're able to convince Tyler Buckner to stay, can you use this year to get Tyler mechanically sound? Because if Tyler Buckner becomes mechanically sound, he will be an elite quarterback in 24 and 25. I'm telling you right now, it's in the it's a mechanical issue for him. There's some experiential stuff that will get worked out because he will be in the system longer that all young quarterbacks make mistakes. His issues are primarily mechanical ones, technical ones, urgency, like all that stuff is coachable, you know, just not being sharp, just not quickly getting the ball out and getting baited by a guy. That's all coachable stuff. And so if Tommy Reese can get that going over this next year, then all of a sudden Notre Dame's going to go from quarterback is the thing that has held you back to you're now competing because of the quarterback position. Yeah. And that's an exciting thing for me. Ryan, with the talent they have in the in the in the room, and if and if it's not Tyler, then it's Kenny Minchie, and then it's CJ Carr. So I feel so much better about the quarterback room right now than I have in in the last few years, and that's coming from a guy that was a big, very high Jack Cone, big pro Jack Cone guy. I mean, and you have options, right? And that's always that's what recruiting is. You're trying to give your coaches options of developments and guys to 
push each other and then to choose from. And the fact that you've created, again, like we were scarce for depth at the end of the season when we were talking about it, right? We were looking at this group and saying, you know, you don't have Tyler, you have Drew, and then if not, you have a true freshman Steve Angeli, and then you don't have anything after that. And then you get into the bowl game, Drew leaves, you have Tyler, and coming back from an injury, and then you have freshman Steve Angeli. You just don't have a ton of options. Now looking forward to this season, you're going to have four quarterbacks in the room that are good enough to play at this level, that are talented football players, that each could potentially play football at Notre Dame in, in their career. That That's how good they are. So you've got yourselves options, and that's not even building towards the fact that, yeah, you're going to have Hartman on a one-year rental. We'll, we'll put it like that. But then you have C.J. Carr coming in, and the, there's been – after the miss, after the missteps in quarterback recruiting in 2023, early on, you get a guy like Kenny Minch, who's a really good player. You already had a player like CJ Carr in the class that was a borderline five-star recruit when he was committed to Notre, or when he first committed to Notre Dame. So you have those two talented kids coming in, in the next two years. You have Sam Hartman, who's a proven commodity. You have Tyler Buckner, who has shown when healthy, he can get some stuff done. He can make some plays. There's no doubt. He has dynamic ability. Steve Angeli, that is going to be a year older, a year stronger, a year wiser in that sense. So you have a lot of options coming in. Quarterback, it's all about development at this point. You know, you saw Sam Hartman, 77 touchdown passes the last two years. It's a great baseline to build off of. Can he take a next step? Can he go from being one of the top 10 quarterbacks in college football to being a top five quarterback in college football? Can he take that step? In his one year with Tommy Reese, that's a question I have. I want to see it answered. Can to- Tommy Reese get the most, and can this offensive coaching staff get the most out of Tyler Buckner whenever his number is called ultimately? Can they develop Kenny Minchie from a true freshman and on? So there's still questions that need to be worked out, but at the end of the day, is there enough talent in the quarterback room moving forward to be compete for a championship? I say yes, absolutely. No hesitation in my voice because there's a lot of talent. It's just now about – can you get the most out of that talent? That's what coaching's about. And put the other pieces around it. That's exactly. the other part. And so let's get to that. Offensive line-wise. Development, check. We already talked about it. You, you, there's there's no question about development. And honestly, I think the talent is there too. And not just next year. Next year for sure. And this is part of the reason it's like, why is Notre Dame focused on making a run this year? Because, look, let's be honest, folks. They're not going after Sam Hartman if they don't think they have a chance to make a run for a championship this year. They know that ultimately the best thing for Tyler Buckner is to let him play. Maybe the light goes on and you can make a run this year, but if not, you get that experience and then you go into 2024 and Tyler's ready to run. The reason they chose not to go that route is because they believe this 23 team has a chance with a couple additions here and there to compete for a championship. That's why. And and so you you have it there. And, it, and part of that is, Ryan – you have the best offensive tackle tandem in the country coming back next year with the best offensive line coach in the business in many people's view, including mine. Zeke Carell, after the first three or four games, was a pretty darn good football player the rest of the way to the point where he was he was, he was was that veteran player you want to see where even when he would get beat off the ball, he knew exactly how to recover and make the block. That is so important for a veteran player to do. And he played at a high level, in my opinion, down the stretch. And I, and I hope that he can build on that confidence. Yeah, you're going to have some new guards, but but so are a lot of other teams. Georgia's got linemen they got to replace. Ohio State has a bunch of linemen they got to replace. Bama's got some good linemen they got to replace. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and if there was positions that I would want to have to have to find solutions at, it would be a guard, right? Like yeah, you not want- center, not tackle. Right. Exactly. You got your two tackles. You got your center. I'll figure out the guards. And the best part about it is that both guards are going to be next to a gar- darn good tackle and a veteran center at this point. So they're going to have to help around them, yep. which is very important. You're not just throwing a new tackle on an island and being like, go ahead, brother. <laughs> All yeah, you. Exactly. Exactly. You've got very experienced kids coming back there. Zeke Curls played a lot of football now and he was able to, and, and Zeke staying healthy for a whole year was also important. Because he's another guy that had str- had struggled to stay healthy in his career, so him to stay healthy in that at that position is a very important thing. And yeah, there's going to be an experience at guard next year, but most likely at least at one. At once, I mean, the, if Andrew Kristoffic wins the other the one of the starting guard positions, you've got a pretty veteran player. He's going to be a fifth year senior. 
He started, what, eight or nine games in his career. He's been a part of this program for a while. Experience won't be an issue at the other guard spot if he wins it. And if he doesn't win the starting job, let's be honest about this, Ryan. If Andrew Kristoffic doesn't win the other guard job, it's not because he didn't work or he – it's because somebody else beat him out for it. And that's a good sign because it's it's because someone have to have earned it. Because Kristoffic's talented, man. I, I, I feel like player. people – he, yeah. he they miss the fact that – I mean, he was once a – pretty high recruit coming out of Pine Richland. Like he's a talented kid and there's a reason that he played a good amount in 2021 and he helped to solidify that unit. He was a kid that needed a kick in the butt. Yes. In my opinion. And he was not getting that from the previous coach. He's getting that now. So, so that's my point is that, that if it's not Andrew Christophic, it means some young Ty Chan, Rocco Spindler, Michael Carm, somebody beat him out. Or he got hurt, but you know, right now let's just work with the assumption he's not hurt, and and that means that guy's going to be really good to beat out Andrew Kristoffic, or they got a transfer who's a really good football player, and then you've the other position. I would assume right now, I think Billy Shrouth is a guy that's going to have a great shot to win a starting job too, and he's extremely talented player. He's a top yes. hundred recruit. So the talent next year is is I would argue Ryan that next year's offensive line is going to be more physically talented than the 2022 offensive line it's just you don't have the experience that Josh Lug and Jarrett Patterson brought to the table but when you talk about Joe Walt being a junior he should be even more talented than he is because he's going to be stronger Blake Fisher being more fundamentally sound as he gets more and more time with coach Eastan makes him an even more talented player because talent is part your ability to go produce and I think Zeke Carell is going to benefit from the from the from the uh, experience he got. Billy Shrouth physically is more talented than Jarrett Patterson and Josh Lug. He's not a more talented football player yet because that involves technique Fine. and execution and all that. But just physical athletic talent, he's better than the two guys they had at guard last year. Can Will we- he be Ty Chan is is in that conversation. And we don't talk Prime. a lot about Ty Chan, but he's a really big and and the, I was so happy to hear that they moved him to guard early. Yes. Because when I watched him as a senior, I was like, that guy's not a tackle. But if they move him to guard, <laughs> he might I mean, be a really good football player. I think I think it was – I forget if it was me and Sean or I, I forget who it was, but when we saw them in person – because Ty was an early enrollee, if I remember correctly, wasn't he? No. He was, I think he – oh, he was not. No. So I, I forget when you I saw, saw him. him. Fall, I think you saw him in fall, fall camp, camp, right? Yeah. So we saw him in fall camp, and I didn't know what his number was. And I was just like, who's 77? Because he's filled out already, man. He's a massive He, he kid. was an early enrollee. I think you're right. Okay, so maybe he was in the right. spring. And I'm like, Brian, from the onset, though, I remember me and Sean were talking, and maybe Vince as well. We're just like, who is 77? That is a massive kid, man. And you're like, that's a true freshman? Wow. So, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that you definitely have to at least – keep an eye on right because he's got some tools he's a big kid at guard he's a really good athlete for playing guard so i mean there's some tools to work with with ty chan but i think your biggest point and it's i mean yeah no, he was I, I just looked it up he was he wasn't early in okay so what so so, would have been in fall camp yeah so you saw one fall camp it looked fantastic and back to your point though if andrew Kristoffa can't win a starting spot that tells me that man you have some dudes on the right. interior because Andrew Kristoffic is not lacking in talent. Like no. this isn't a, football this isn't player. like a, this isn't like a 60 year former walk on, right? Like right. He's a it's not a coincidence player. that the offensive line started getting better when Joe Alt and Andrew Kristoffic were, were put into the starting lineup. Right. It's not a coincidence in 2021. And, and so he's a good football player. So that's where you say is the talent's going to be there next year. It's just about whether or not it can play as one unit. But when and, and I'm more and, confident that's going to be there because Harry he stands there. And, and, you've and got, let, you've, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, and if Andrew Kristoff, let's say, ever hit the transfer portal market, there would be a lot of suitors for a guy like Andrew Kristoff because you just can't find that many good offensive linemen. You can't find enough. So, yeah, I think another thing too is that the tackle spot. You know, this is a big offseason for Tosh Baker because here's another thing you got to remember about Tosh Baker is Tosh is technically this year was technically a redshirt freshman this year. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that because I think he only played in four games the year before, I believe. I'm checking that right now because his 2020 year didn't exist in in, in for all intents and purposes. So this year, I'm, I'm looking at it here. Let me find the tackles. Tosh Baker. He did play in five games that year, is what it says here. So he would he will so he would be a, he would have been a redshirt freshman this year. And so, uh, 
you look at him and say he still has a lot of eligibility left. If Joe Alt or Blake Fisher leaves, Tosh Baker can still be a two-year starter at Notre Dame. Right. So he this is a big year for him to kind of prove to be that. Does Amir Emil Wagner is a guy with a very high ceiling? You look at Ashton Craig's a guy that I'm very high on who came in as an as a younger guy. Then you have the incoming freshman class with Charles Jagasaw, who is is I think is going to be a factor in the in the guard ro- rotation. Like, hey, if you don't like what you're getting a guard, hey, there's a six foot six, three hundred and twenty-five pound dude right there from Chicago from the Illinois from Illinois that's ready to play. You know, and so the build, the town's going to be there. You've got Sam Pendleton, Sullivan Absher. I mean, and you saw this at the All American Bowl, right? Sullivan Absher's a big boy. That was yes, a big is. dude. He's got a lot of work needed in the pass game, but the tools are there because you you weren't as high on him as I was coming out, but but you got higher on him when you saw how well he moved and the athletic ability he has. But as a right tackle or a guard down the road, Sam Pendleton's about as strong of a kid as you're going to get. Joe Odding has t- Ryan loves Joe Odding. By the way, ton of, ton of upside, Joel. man. If he can fill yeah. out, there's a ton of upside. And Christopher no Tarek is a is a really good depth piece that Wisconsin wanted, right? You beat Wisconsin for an offensive lineman. That's a good sign, right? Michi- Michigan was in there too. Right. Iowa wanted right. Christopher Teams Tarek. Teams that, yeah. that under, understand good offensive line talent. So mm-hmm. the future, the present, and the future of the offensive line from a talent standpoint are outstanding. It's and the coaching is there. I'm not. I'm confident that position. Same with running back, Ryan. When you look at the running back position, coaching is there. We talked about it. This is as deep as a running back room as you're going to find. I mean, I I remember in 2019 when Notre Dame went down and played Georgia, Brian Kelly did not want to play uh, Kyron Williams that year. He wanted to preserve a year of eligibility for some stupid reason. And so they went into the Georgia game where Jameer Smith was hurt, Sebo Flemister was hurt, Jafar Armstrong was hurt, and he didn't want to play Kyron Williams. And you had Tony Jones, and that was it. I mean, that was it. But even if they were all healthy, a true freshman Kyron Williams, Jameer Smith and Sebo Flemister and Jafar Armstrong, the talent that they have been able to upgrade at running back, started with Lance Taylor and Chip Long, going out and getting Chris Tyree. You missed out on Will Shipley, so what do you do? You don't you don't, you know, cry in your milk, right? You just cry over spilled milk, right? You go out and say, okay, let's go get some dudes, and they did. They got Logan Diggs and Audric Estime. You come out the next year, you get Jadarian Price. Now, the Achilles injury is concerning as far as will he be able to bounce back, but you also get Jabron Payne, a guy that that if Jabron Payne isn't injured for two years, Notre Dame has no chance of getting him late like they did, none. He'd have been at Ohio State or – Michigan or Penn State or somewhere like that, right? That's where he would have been if it wasn't for the injuries. He's a good football player. Yeah. And then you're bringing in Jeremiah Love, who also is ranked in the top 100 by three or four services. SI 99 ranked him 78th. I think one service has him around 50. I graded him out after his senior year as a top 50 player in the country. Yes. And you're talking about a situation where there's a chance that Jabron Payne is your sixth running back. Bonkers, man. Bonkers. Seriously? Yeah. So – I mean, you're you're loaded there. And as I said, you're in a situation where, where heaven forbid something happened to where you didn't have your top two backs. You're still going to battle with Chris Tyree, Jadarian Price, Jeremiah Love, and Jabron Payne. There's a lot of teams that would love that for just to be their running back room, much less the top two guys. But Brian, how many, how many teams, honestly, I know he's not an early enrollee, but how many teams nationally does Jeremiah Love show up on 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 the fields at or show up to their to the campus and he is immediately one of the top one or two running backs like oh, immediately most most it's just wild it's wild yeah. there's a legitimate chance where he might be the fourth or fifth running back on the depth chart yeah. at points this year which is just yeah. wild to think about, people are gonna lose their minds when i say this and yeah. and they're just gonna they're gonna say that i'm nuts just because they've convinced themselves that every single kid on scholarship at georgia is a five-star kid but I wouldn't trade George's running back room for Notre Dame's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. There's no way. Deion Mac or uh, Kenny McIntosh was their leading rusher this year. He was he was not a top 200 player. He was not he was not a five star kid. Two services had had Kenny McIntosh as a three star recruit. Mm-hmm. Well, one did. I'm sorry, two four seven did. One had him as number one fifteen. Another had him as number two twenty three. And he's the other a good, one had he's, him a, 30, he's a good player, but right, he's nice not, player, right. yeah. Exactly. Right. Uh, the the uh, the kid that was Kendall Milton has never has not played like a five star player so far. Partly because you know it's a pretty deep running back room, 
And then the other kid, Dewan Edwards, is a, is a good player, but they use him well. That's what they do. They do a really good job of using him. And so when I when I look at that set, I wouldn't trade that group for Notre Dame's group, especially projecting to next year, Ryan. That's the other part is especially if I'm looking at next year and I'm projecting to next year. You know, I, I'm I'm you know Branson Robinson to me is is a good player, but I'm not taking I'm not trading him for Aldrick Estime. Absolutely no not. way. Because they're kind of similar-ish styles, Very right? Similar. But Audric is better, in my opinion. Is he any so. year older, right? Exactly. And and so, you know, to me, you're, you're going to have a chance to be because a lot of the top backs in the country are leaving, right? Like Bijan's gone, Deuce Vaughn, I think is going. Is he going pro? Yes. Or is he coming back? Is yes, Deuce he's going, going pro? pro? It's a you wild twenty twenty three. Charbonnet is going class. pro. Like other than Blake Corum, who are the top backs coming back next year? Quinshawn Junkins, I guess, had right, a really good year for this. Right. Yeah. A guy that Notre Dame passed on to take Jadarian Price. Wild. Rightfully yeah. so, by the way. That's yes. not a criticism. Jadarian no. was a better. Let me tell y'all something. And I don't know if, and, and, and the people that have been here for a while, they understand this. And because and, they've heard this before. Mm-hmm. But for those who are kind of new to the channel, he, here's a fact. This is, this. I was told this in the spring. This is kind of towards the end of the spring. I was told this again over the summer. I was told this by several people around the program, including players who reached out to me to tell me this. I didn't ask them this because I don't I don't like reaching out to players to try to get intel on the team. I just I just I'm not comfortable with that. I'll say, hey, how are you doing? I check on them every now and then. But I had a couple guys reach out to me and were like, hey, this Jerry Price kid is going to be a star. This kid is going to be a star. And boy, this kid is, this kid is great. This kid is this, this kid is that. And you're like, okay. Right. You see, and I love this film. I graded him as a top hundred recruit. Yeah. And so as good as the kids that they had this year were Ryan, if it wasn't for, they are there because Jadarian got hurt. I mean, he, there's a good chance he'd have been their starting running back this year if he doesn't get hurt. And that's kind of wild to say. It's really wild to say. So I'm not trading that running back room for anybody. And getting Jeremiah Love this year was huge because now you can feel like if Jadarian Price can just get back to being the guy he was, but even if he's just 90% of what he was and he's a number two, he's a number two behind Jeremiah Love, you feel really good about that group. And, and right? for and for 2023, you also have bigger backs as the top two guys and Diggs and Estimate coming back. And now you have some juice behind yes. him so you can and find ways just chris tyree with juice. no correct you can have you can find ways to get chris tyree jeremiah love jadarian price even jabron Payne involved in the running game or the passing game because they have something that logan Diggs and audrick estimate don't have a ton of right like audrick estimate is a incredible downhill runner he's got good good straight line speed for his size but he can't run with jeremiah love i mean that's no disrespect he can't Right? right, and you can get that guy in a specific role in 2023, and you could create some absolute headaches. So you want to talk about having the quarterback for Tommy? You want to talk about having the offensive line for Tommy? Having a plethora of wide receivers and pass game weapons? You also have a deep running back room where there is going to be options to have Aldrick Estime and Jeremiah Love on the field at the same time. To have Aldrick Estime and Logan Diggs on the field at the same time. To have Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs on the field at the same time. There is a just embarrassment of riches at the running back room right now. It is wild to look at. And I will say this, how Tommy Reese uses Chris Tyree next year is going to tell us a lot about his evolution as a, as an offensive coordinator. Yes. If he uses them like he did most of this year, it's just going to be like, okay, you're just still kind of, this is what we do. And you're trying to, you know, tap a square peg, square peg into a round hole. If he uses him more as an outside-in runner and then on the perimeter in the pass game in different areas and it's part of the 21 package, that's going to tell me that – and we saw it in the bowl game, right? So we know he's done it. We he saw it, We saw it against North Carolina. We saw it against Cal. Let's not forget, Chris Tyree is the guy that sparked the offense in that win over Cal. He's the guy that got them going. And then he had another 100-yard game against North Carolina, 100-yard uh, total offense, rushing and receiving. He had back-to-back against North Carolina and Cal. He was the focal point of the offense that helped them get out of that 0-2 funk to start the season. And then he kind of went away. And then they brought that back against North against Clemson, and he made a couple big plays on the perimeter. We saw it late in the game. Who was the guy that made the money play late in the game on the game-winning touchdown drive? 
It was Chris Tyree catching a slide right out of the backfield and then outrunning the defensive sideline. So it's like you just got done getting hammered by Aldrich Estime. Logan Diggs is ripping you up. And then when the game was on the line, they got Chris Tyree in the game. <laughs> it's like, and he makes a play. So it's a loaded room. Town is, is there. Coaching is there. It's how do you use it? It's a good problem to have. I got a lot of players. I got to figure out how to keep all these guys happy. And, and so that if you and if you use Chris Tyree correctly, then you can take him off the kick return team and put I would put Price and Love back there personally. I'd have both of them back there. One is the one side, you know, it, it kind of where they have the two guys there. I'd use both of them. And, and so, I mean, that's something that I'm excited about to see. Ryan Talent is there. Tight end, same thing. Ryan, I, is it going to be the elite group it was in the past? No. Mitchell Evans is a good football player. You, I think you were the one that compared him to like Troy Nicholas type of player, how right. you use Troy Nicholas. Yes. And I think he's going to see, I would argue that the player that we saw play this year, that's going to make the biggest jump next year is going to be Mitchell Evans. And not because he's going to play more because he's healthier because he was never supposed to play this early. That's the thing is there were some, there were some misses on the recruiting trail some injuries, some guys not panning out like Kevin Bauman. Uh, it, you know, Tommy Tremble should have still been here. I mean, he sh- you expected him to be a five-year player when you landed him. You know, George Tack is deciding to leave, which wasn't a miss. It was just he decided to leave. They wanted him back. And then last year in 21, it was about a, a lot of injuries, right, Ryan? And so you were you had to you had to you definitely thought Tommy Tremble was going to be there in 2021. No, nobody thought Tommy Tremble was a three-year player, and he should have been a three-year player. He should have been yeah. a four-year player. He should have stayed. But you look at it and you, and you say, uh, he's a guy to me that had to play sooner than he was ready to play. Mm-hmm. And that hurt him a little bit his first two years. But that's going to pay huge dividends for him in 2023 and 24 because the experience is going to be there. But the biggest thing is he's going to make the biggest physical jump, in my opinion, if he puts in the work. And I have never heard that he's not going to put in the work. But he missed a big chunk of weight room time this, this past year because of the foot injury. Yep. I mean, for half the half the offseason, he was riding around with his his knee on one of those little scooter things. So he missed a lot of development time. So I think Mitch Evans is going to see a big physical jump, which is going to make him a lot better player next year. Then you've got Holden Stace is going to improve. And then the the you and I, I know you you believe that Cooper Flanagan can be a guy that can help you as a blocker in day one. And I agree with you. And then the wild card there is the two current freshmen. How much of a jump does Holden Stace make? And number two is what do you see from our Eli Raritan? And then there's a, another guy that I'm very curious to see if the staff is able to find a little bit more of a niche role opportunity for Davis Sherwood. That's going to be another interesting one for me. So there's plenty of guys there that do a lot of different things. There's no, talent's not going to be an issue, even if Eli Raritan needs time to come back, which I think he will need time. to. I'm definitely not rushing him back now. I'm going to give him a full 12 punts, in my opinion. Like, if he's playing in the first game of the year, I'm going to be nervous. My yeah. thing is get him ready for Ohio State. That's that that's that's all I care about. And so I'm that's just a position that I'm not worried about at all. I think the tight end – it's not going to be what it was with Michael Mayer, but it's going to be a a, a really good tight end room in my opinion, next year. Does, does, does the depth worry you at all just with a couple injuries that are in the room right now and Kane Barong obviously leaving this offseason? Not really, because no. I do think, number one, injuries meaning uh, Eli Raritan, correct? Eli Raritan and then Kevin Bauman. Yeah. Right. I'm, I don't even talk about Kevin Bauman, to be completely honest with you, and I, and I, yeah. and I should. But like I look at it like this. If, as long as you don't have an additional injury, I'm good. Because I do think Mitchell Evans is going to be a good player. I do mm-hmm. think Holden Stace is a very talented player, and he's going to be much better in year two than he was in year one. Agreed. And I think Cooper Flanagan can play right away. And I also think there's a role for Davis Sherwood. Now, if you use him, let's say you have a couple injuries and you got Mitchell Evans and Holden Stace is down and Cooper Flanagan is not ready and Eli's not back yet. You can do some things at a 12 personnel that almost is going to look like an old school eye where you move him around and you're running your counters and your power O's and stuff. Because honestly, from what I've seen to Davis, he hasn't played a ton, but from what I've seen of him on special teams and things like that, I actually think the counter stuff would work more effectively with him coming up from an offset running back alignment 
than it did this year coming from a wing, to be honest with you. And so I think there's a role that he could fill, Ryan, because here's the key. The number two tight end doesn't catch the football. So it's not like like it, Georgia, when Darnell Washington went out against Ohio State, that hurt their offense for a little bit because he's a weapon in the pass game. Notre Dame doesn't throw to their number two tight end. Now, we could argue that they should, and they should, but it's not – they don't need to, meaning if they don't have a pass catcher there, he can't do it. So as long as they have – Mitchell Evans and Davis Sherwood healthy. I think they'll be fine there. And you can run a lot of 11. You can run a lot of 12 and things like that. So I'm not concerned about it from a what you're putting on the field on Saturday. Where it hurts you, Ryan, is now all of a sudden you don't have the tight end depth to go out there and put a good look together for your scout team on your scout team. Sure. That's concerned. But then you've got Henry Garrity coming in. Who's 6'6", six, six, going to be 6'6", six, six, 230, 240 by the time next year comes around. You've got some other walk-on tight ends that are quality football players that could go to Valpo and be really good football players, you know, that kind of no, thing. That. So it's just not as good as if they're having to go against Cooper Flanagan at his best or, you know, guys <laughs> like that. So it's not it's not so much a concern right now, Ryan, for me. It really isn't. I think that you have to make sure that you can get those guys back healthy. But, you know, you look at it now, they've got Jack Larson in the 24 class. They're offering other 24 guys. We'll get to a question about that here in the, in the mailback too, Ryan. Yep. But I think the tight end room is in good good position. And this is where we're going to find, to your point, Ryan, my question is dependent upon Jared Parker being who we think he is as a coach. That's fair. Right? Yeah. Because if you think he's a coach, he'll get at least two two to three guys ready from that group. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I really, I really do like that the group has a lot of different styles, right? I, I feel like yeah. I talk about that a lot, but you have Mitchell Evans, who is 6'6", who is a guy that he could hold 265 on that frame. He's a long kid, man. He look, Someone said in the chat, like, he looks the part, and they're absolutely right. He does look the part. Then you have a Holden Stace who has more of that H-back body, maybe a little more Tommy Tremble-ish as far as just a body type perspective. You have Eli Raritan, and if he's healthy, man, I mean, he was six, he's 6'6", six, six, 240 pounds last year, and he looks skinny still, right? Like, he's going to be a massive kid when he fills out as well. You have Davis Sherwood, who's more of a fullback type in that room. You have Cooper Flanagan coming, who, who Tony right now is going to be 6'5", 250 pounds when he gets on campus. He's a yeah. big kid as well. So yeah. you have size, you have length, but you also have different type of players, which as long as Tommy and can mis- mix and match those styles correctly, I think that you can get a lot of positivity. You can get a lot of production out of that room. But I agree. I think that Jared Parker has talent to work with. It's just, you know, you – got to show your merit this year as a coach. And I think that he has the opportunity to do that. Yeah. It gets us down to wide receiver. And we did this one last for a reason, Ryan, because I think this is the group to me whose development mentally, physically, technically, and schematically is going to be the difference between this being a really good offense that's better than what we've seen in recent years or if it's a championship caliber offense. Sure. Coaching is going to be part of this because there's a this is one of the 10 most talented receiver rooms in the country, I would argue. Just God-given ability. We're not talking football talent. We're just talking physical talent. Athletic talent. Because the football yeah. talent's not there yet. Not, not, not the way it needs to be to be a top 10 unit, right? So I'm just the, – the potential is there. Now they got to play that way, and that's the thing that's missing is they didn't play that way this year. 
And and so while they were young, no excuse. That's one of the easiest positions for a young guy to come in and play. I mean, Clemson won a national championship with a, a freshman and a, and a sophomore as their top two receivers. Now they were great, great talents, but the point is they were mentally ready to play and play well. You, you, I don't buy that. Well, if if you can't get freshmen and sophomores ready to play mentally, then you're putting too much on your plate of your players going into the, in the games. Simple as that. And so that's that's why I said the one thing I want to see Tommy Reese do more than anything else is this year is find that balance between being really schematically involved and and have people on your toes without putting so much on your players that you can't get young guys ready to play that you feel you have to play a Matt Salerno, right? Like I don't want to be there anymore. Now this past year, they kind of had too early because you didn't have Deion Colsey. You didn't have Avery Davis. You didn't really have Joe Wilkins. And, and so you had some injury situations that left you with like, well, who else are we going to play? Well, you should have played Tobias more. Okay. Fair enough. But that was it. There was nobody else. Right. Well, this year you've got Caleb Smith, the, the transfer. You've got Deion Colsey. You've got Tobias, and you got Lorenzo Styles. You got Jaden Thomas, and you got Matt Salerno. Six guys coming back with experience, and then you got four talented freshmen. So now you're in a position where you don't have to play a single one of the freshmen next year, but you better coach them up and get them ready to battle because if those kids can push the veterans, a if the veterans aren't playing well, those kids can beat them out, or b. If the fresh if the veterans keep those freshmen off the field, it means your receiving core is going to be filthy. But it can't be because they're not playing because they don't know the offense yet. That's on the coaching staff, hundred percent, hundred percent. At least three of their receivers had Ivy League offers, correct? Yes. Yeah, or maybe it's only two. I know Great House did, correct? Or I know Rico mm-hmm. Flores and Braylon James both did. I thought yes. Great House did as I, well. I, I think Great House had one. I think you're correct. Yeah. So don't tell me they're not smart kids. Now you watch Jaden yeah. Great House play. That dude is smart. That kid knows how to play football. If he if you can't get him ready to play as a freshman, assuming he's healthy, that's on you. Rico Flores plays against big time competition. He's one of the more savvy advanced route runners that Nurim's had in a long time. If you can't get that kid ready to play as a freshman, that's on you. Right. Yes. Braylon James is the is the most raw receiver they have. He's one of the more raw receivers they've brought in in a while, but he's six mm-hmm. three and really freaking fast. Right. So there's gotta be a role for him. Hey, hey Braylon, I need you to do four things. I need you to run a go route, a post route, an over route, and a now screen. That is it. That's it. That's all I need you to know how to do. All I know yeah. how to need. That's all. That's it. So my point is if those kids are get those kids ready to play. Because if you really get, if you're a good enough coach to get those kids ready to play, Ryan, one of two things is going to be true. One, they're not going to play because your veterans step up, which means you're going to have a nasty receiving core, right? Or two, you get them ready to play. And if the veterans don't step up, you just, hey, yeah, I'm sorry, um, Lorenzo, you're not, you're not doing what I need you to do. So I'm going to play this guy, right? So then you're still got a nasty receiving core. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's a win-win if you get those ready to kids ready to play. If it's the same yes. thing as before, as well, it's a it's a it's a, uh, a seniority thing as well. Who plays? Then you're going to continue to have the same problems. If if Notre Dame's offense becomes a true meritocracy, and they truly coach the entire depth chart, then the receiving core is going to go from the biggest question mark to the second biggest plus on your football team next year. Not maybe the second best, most talented, but if they play good football next year this offense isn't getting stopped because they don't have to play elite football. Georgia did not have elite pass catchers out at wide receiver this year. They had really good production at tight end, really good production at the running back, and then the receivers were just go make plays when we need you to. Notre Dame should be better than Georgia was this year at wide receiver, partly because some of Georgia's more dynamic players, Ryan, were hurt a lot of the year. Aaron Smith was hurt a lot of the year. That, That factors into why I'm making that statement. I don't know if I would say that if he was healthy all year, right? Because he's a real dynamic player. So they had some guys out that, like Notre Dame, that brought it down a little bit. But they had the tight ends to rely on. So my point is, if this group can reach its potential, Ryan, and just not even full potential, just get to like 85% of your full potential, I don't know how you stop this offense. I, I – with the offensive line, the running backs, the tight ends, and what you have at quarterback, I don't know how you stop this offense. I just don't know how you do it. Brian, I think that from a just 
the look perspective, right? When you just walk into a room, I'm thinking about NFL scouts going into Notre Dame over the next couple of years. Like just think of like this spring, right? They go in and they're just looking around and you walk past the wide receiver room. I don't know when the last time was that Notre Dame had this depth of the talent looking like it does right now in the wide receiver room. Cause you're going to walk, they're going to walk past Deion Colsey and be like, Wow, that dude's 6'5", 210. Like, what the heck? What are they feeding these guys in South Bend, Indiana? And then he's going to walk by Tobias Merriweather and be like, that guy's 6'4 and a half. Where'd that kid come from? And then you're going to walk past Bra- uh, Braylon James and be like, that kid's 6'3 and runs on the four fours. Oh, there's Jaden Greathouse hanging out over there. Oh, there's another guy in 6'2", 215-pound Jaden Thomas. Like, it's just wild to think about. And, I mean, I saw Rico Flores in, in person – and he's a legit six one and a half. I thought he was a little. I thought maybe that was a little overblown, but he's a legit six one and a half. So this wide re- receiver room, from a talent perspective, and just from a look perspective, is about as deep as it's been at Notre Dame in a few years, man. Like there is some trees playing wide receiver for Notre Dame. You got to get the most out most out of them. Like there's no doubt about that. But the fact that you might go into next season and Rico Flores, Jaden Greathouse could be your fourth or fifth receivers like that's a really good sign just from the fact that like hey your talent the out talent influx because again we talked so much about this Dell alexander previous staff left this room in a terrible situation just from a depth perspective it was atrocious and, and how man. these kids were coached exactly i mean deon cozy lorenzo styles are basically freshmen from a coaching standpoint yep. this year i mean mm-hmm. if, if we're being honest about it yeah, and it's and I mean, and it's it was put in a terrible situation, and one and I forgot to talk about Caleb Smith, both Caleb Smiths, right? It's like you're going to walk an past. Mention all ACC player last year with a terrible quarterback, and he's and he's six foot two plus and two hundred twenty three pounds. Like he adds to the fact that these guys look the parts, and they've had production in spurts. It now needs to actualize itself into a higher level of production. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is about as deep of a room that Notre Dame has had at wide receiver in many years. It is. There is guys everywhere. You're going to go from Caleb Smith from the transfer from Virginia Tech and Deion Colsey, Tobias Merriweather to maybe a second unit of Rico Flores, Jaden Greathouse. I forgot about Jane Thomas. So, like, it's just – it's wild to think about the depth. I mean, literally, they are – going to be 10 deep of incredible. And that's not even counting the fact of like, let's see what happens with CJ Williams right. visiting, which we're not going to talk about him because right now he right. hasn't, he exactly. I don't know if he's going to pick Notre Dame. I know people are asking a million questions about it. I, I don't know yes. if he's going to come to Notre Dame or not at this point in time. If he comes great, if he doesn't, okay, they're going to be that's, all right. That's what I said on the show yeah. yesterday, Brian, about it. It's like, if he, if he, if he chooses to come and both sides are happy, fine, that's great. cool. But it's not yeah. a need as much as it right. once was. There it's is just about that. stacking talent at that point. 100%. Right. 100%. And now he's got a, he's got a chance to play. He'll have a sure. chance to play. I'm not saying that, but it's just like, okay, you're going to be good with with them and you'll be good without them, you know. Now, I would always say, okay, go if if he if you feel good about him making the mental decisions of kind of getting over what caused him to leave in the first place and you feel like he's bought in, get him. As long as he understands he's not being promised playing time. You know, that that's that's the key thing, because I had him as a top 100 caliber recruit last year. No question. I had him as the top 75 to 90 type player, type player last year. So I got no issues with C.J. Williams talent. I have questions about whether or not he actually wants to be at Notre Dame. But if he does, great. Bring him in. And then you got yes. another and he may end up being better than all those other guys. I mean, you, who, who knows? The point is, is, is you're not you're not basing your whole success this offseason on getting him like the D line is on. Brandon Braden Fisk. Exactly. That's the difference. Yeah. Yep. If you get him, great. You made a good room or a really good room talent-wise, even better. That's the way I look at it. If you don't get him, you still got 10 guys of, you know, with a lot nine guys of a lot of ability. And then a guy like Salerno, who proved if you use him correctly, can help your football team. There's no question. And you know what's wild about the room too, Brian? And I know we're only looking forward to like what they're going to do in 2023. But outside of Caleb Smith, the transfer from Virginia Tech, all those guys can come back for 2024 yeah. as well, which and Salerno and Salerno. Yeah. But all those guys that we're talking about, the Jaden Greathouses, the Braylon James, the Deion Colseys, the Tobias Merriweathers, the Jane Thomas, they can all come back and add to what the 2024 recruiting class is going to be at wide receiver. So 
the embarrassment of riches at wide receiver at Notre Dame is turning very quickly. Went from a scarce room that had players maybe at past years that should not have played as much to a team where, man, like there's going to be some tough decisions to be made as far as the rotation comes down to. And you have to give credit to the offensive right. coaching staff. You have to give credit to Chancey Sucky. But now it's ter- time to turn that talent into production. Now, here's the question. Here's a yes. big question mark. It's a lot of talent there. Who steps up as the go-to guys? That's the question. Because I still think, and, and I'll use George's example, because mm-hmm. they're the champions. Their best pass catcher was a tight end. They didn't need a receiver to be the guy. Their tight end was. But the, when they needed plays to be made and teams were able to take Brock Bowers out, they always had somebody else that stepped up. And it wasn't always the same guy. It was Lad McConkey sometimes. It was it was Adonai Mitchell at other times. It was Aaron Smith at other times. It was a running back at other times. But from the receiver room, there's a lot of talent, but we need to now see people emerge as when the game is on the line, get me the ball. I feel like late in the year, we saw Jaden Thomas kind of become that guy in his role. Agreed. They need an outside guy or two to step up as well. Deion Colsey showed some clutchness on third down. Didn't really play that well in the bowl game. I'm not surprised. He's a sophomore. And and don't forget this either, folks. We haven't talked about it in a while. Deion Colsey is about a year younger than most of the kids in his grade. So he was closer in age, from what I'm told, to Tobias than he was to Jaden and Lorenzo. Now, he may look like a grown-up because he's such a big, physically advanced kid, but Deion is young physically. He's just now scratching the poten- his potential, just now scratching it. Does he take that jump this year? Does right. Tobias take that jump this year? They need one of those two guys to step up and play and it'd be, it'd be great if they get Lorenzo Styles mentally back on track. So, Because the only concern I have is Jaden Thomas and Caleb Smith are similar in what they do. I think Caleb, Tom- Caleb Smith has a little bit more vertical ability just because yes. how well he plays the football. But you need one of those young guys to step up, in my opinion. And one of those outside guys to step up, Tobias or Dion, for this thing to really get rolling. And if those guys can step up, and and like a perfect world for me is Caleb Smith doesn't start. That like honestly, like, and this isn't a, him and Lorenzo Styles don't start. And here's why I say that: if Dion just says, "Hey, I'm the dude in the boundary," and Tobias is like, "I'm the best receiver you have," and then Jaden Thomas is that I can do whatever you need me to do. And y'all go cover all those other dudes. I dare you. I dare you to give me a single coverage in the slot. Right. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Caleb, Chris, Caleb Smith can just move everywhere and yes. play everywhere. And then Lorenzo can be more of a niche player as well. And now all of a sudden you start feeling, wow, this is a pretty flipping good group. And then the other part of this is, you know, obviously looking at the offense is how do you then use Chris Tyree as part of this as well? And so the potential is there, Ryan, but. The problem with projecting the next season is right now, even with a guy like Jaden Thomas, we're still talking a lot more about this group's potential than it is their production. No doubt. And that's what's got That's why this is the big question mark still. The talent's there. No excuses talent-wise. But do they have it up here? Do they have it in here? And are they going to be prepared and used correctly? That's what we need to see. And if the answer to that is all yes, yes, and yes, this offense will take that jump. It yes. will absolutely take that jump. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and I mean, Sam Hartman played with a lot of good receivers at Wake Forest. You know, the A.T. Perrys of the world, Jaquari Robbins, Roberson the year before. They're all good players, right? But he will not have nearly as talented a wide receiver room if those guys hit near their ceiling. I don't need all those guys to be their peak in 2023. But if they just start to actualize a little bit more, you start to see Deion Colsey – Deion Colsey with confidence is one of the scariest things that you'll find out there, man, because he is about as physically gifted as you will find. When he is confident, that is going to be a scary sight. Tobias Merriweather healthy could be a scary sight. Jaden Thomas continuing to get better. This wide receiver room has a chance to be scary. It does. And with a quarterback that has shown, if I have a a tall receiver outside, I'm giving you a chance to make a play. He's He's shown that that his whole career. His whole career. Yeah. He's going to let a guy have an opportunity to win that 50-50 ball. And you have receivers now, if you're Notre Dame, to have opportunities to make those plays, right? Yeah. You have 6'4 skyscrapers 
everywhere on this team all of a sudden. 6'3 plus everywhere. So now it's about, to your point, Brian, you have to actualize that potential into production. Right. There's no doubt. But the baseline is that you have a lot of talent to work with. And that's what I think is being missed in one of the comments in the chat is somebody said, uh, why are you so why are you so sure in Tobias being a dude? We're, we're not. That's what we're saying. But you have options. The talent is there. Right. right. The talent mm-hmm. is there. There has been talented guys that never became good players. The talent is there for him to be a dude. What we're saying is that's what we want to see happen. He needs to show that. Number one, he needs to be given the opportunity to show that. Number two, he needs to show that. Somebody said, if I'm worried about his injury history, he doesn't really have an injury history. He had a concussion. He had one concussion that kept him out for that period of time. Beyond that, he hasn't really had an injury history other than normal bumps and bruises that everybody else has. But what we're saying is not that he is a dude. He had one catch this year. It would be a total homer thing for him to say, no, 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 no. No doubt in my mind, he's going to be the dude next year. What I'm saying is there's no reason he can't be. The talent is there. And it's it's not out of the realm of discussion to say he could go from one catch to a thousand yards because Ryan, we've seen it. Golden Tate had six catches as a freshman for a hundred and I think it was like 160, 120 some yards, right? Went out the next year, has over 50 for a thousand, 10 plus touchdowns. Will Fuller is a freshman, had six catches for 160 yards. Most of that came against Air Force. Goes out the next year, has over 70 catches, over a thousand yards, right? Equinemy St. Brown has one catch for eight yards as a true freshman in 2015, comes out in 2016 and only 12 games because they didn't, they didn't play a bowl game and has over 50 catches, just under a thousand yards and nine touchdowns, right? Yep. This is a position in by and large that you can go from being a guy that didn't play much to a dude if you have the ability, right? What we're saying is the ability is there. Will it manifest itself into production? That's the question that we have. And that's why we talked about this position last is because the the the, the concern that the that the the guy is is giving I think uh, Ryan is valid. He hasn't shown it yet. Dion hasn't shown it yet. Lorenzo has only shown it in a couple of games. What sure. we're saying is and this is why this was the final question is right now who steps up to be that guy? That was literally the question that we asked before the chat question was made is the talent is there. What we said very clearly, I think, and we'll say it again just in case it wasn't missed, is but will the talent turn into production? That's the question. And that's what's going to determine if this is a good offense or a great offense. Because I'm not worried about quarterback anymore. I'm not worried about the assistant coaching anymore. It's an elite running back room. It's a very good tight end room. It's an elite offensive line room. I have... I have faith that the offensive corner is going to take a good step forward this year. It's does the offensive, does the skill players in the perimeter step up and become just some semblance of what their potential is. That's the difference. And right now we don't know if they will, they need to prove it. And that's the point. Brian, I would say that literally people, I think can make an argument that maybe like four different guys could be the leading receiver for Notre Dame next year. And it would all be, value value it would be valued opinion right because right. you can you can make an argument right now to me that tobias merriweather is the dude next year i think i can make a valued argument to you that it's Jaden thomas i think that you could also re- rebuttal and say nope actually i think it's deon colsey right nope. like you Lorenzo can styles that. is going to get back on Lorenzo styles gets his head back think on was going to be the dude yeah. coming into 2022 Right. And that's not even counting the four man freshman class that's going to come in that I think has a couple guys that could compete early on for some reps. And Notre right? Dame so. has an all conference receiver on their roster. <laughs> that's, that's funny because the, the, I guess technically the leading returning receiver in last year in college football back on the roster is going to be Caleb Smith, the transfer from Virginia Tech, right? Because he had over 600 yards last year. So it's just yes. like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of options. Man. Yeah. I mean, he averaged like 19 yards, yards a pop, right? Yeah. With a very yeah. bad quarter, very bad quarterback play. <laughs> Yeah, it was, not it was great. brutal last year. It was not great this year, man. Really bad. Everything was a 50-50 ball That's this why year some of these Smith. kids at smaller schools need to be very careful. I loved Grant Wells at Marshall. And I think at that level, he'd have been a really good college football player. But some kids just think, oh, I'm going to go prove it over here. No, just be happy where you are. Yes. Enjoy where you are. So, Ryan, that's going to wrap up this portion of the show. We have a mailbag coming up. But before we get to the mailbag, we're going to have Sean Davis jump in because Sean went and saw Justin Scott last night and had a chance Ooh. to sit down with Justin and his head football coach afterwards to have a little bit of a one-on-one. So we're going to have Sean talk about that. But before we get to that, folks, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, give us a 
five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that if you're listening via a podcast app. And sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We are now sending that out on a daily basis again, uh, where you can get all of our, our top written content every morning into your into your inbox. And and uh, Ryan, of course, we would love it if people would always check out irishbreakdown.com and our front page stories on that as well. And sign up for CFB Nation. We are only about 500 watch hours away from being able to monetize that channel uh, so we we would love your help there. If you can kind of go watch the content there, watch it all the way through. Going to put a new show out here later today. I know John Garcia is going to have a recruiting show later in the week. So definitely would love your help there. So, and, But, of course, it's always, always about the Irish Breakdown Podcast.